Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, Fight Fans? Welcome to Full Press MMA. It's Friday, March 10th, 2023. I'm Jim Grease, G-R-I-E-S, at Jim Grease underscore, at Cageside Grease on social media. Here to wrap up your week with all the news, all the notes, all the hot topics, and the hot takes you need to be the smartest MMA fan in the room. It's Grease. It's Friday. You ain't got no job. You ain't got shit to do. Come with me on Full Press MMA, baby. Let's roll. And where else would we start but Las Vegas? Piotr Jan shoving Mirab Dvalishvili right near the neck during a heated face-off after the official weigh-in this morning in Vegas. Remember, there's bad blood between these two from the two times Jan has fought Aljamain Sterling through the knee to the downed opponent and hit Aljo in the head. And then the second fight was a decision win for Aljo, who is Dvalishvili's friend and teammate, of course. And in the build-up to the first fight and the second fight, there were some altercations between the two teams, particularly the second one on Fight Island, where Aljo and Piotr Jan's teams came face-to-face. -face. Jan had threatened death to Aljo's team, and that included Dvalishvili, so he didn't take too kindly to that. They've been running back and forth here. Jan saying Dvalishvili has no clout, so he has to create drama to sell the fight. Dvalishvili talking about Jan not being a good guy, not being a good person, didn't do much with the championship platform that he had doesn't really think he's a nice person overall so things getting a little bit heated they meet in the main event this weekend the videos online everywhere you can check it out 
And right after Wayans retaliated with a big shove right by the neck there. And after the shove, they were separated. Davalashvili looked to want to continue the skirmish, but to no avail. Jan, of course, the former champ, has dropped consecutive straight split decisions to Sterling and Sean O'Malley after the need of the downed opponent on Sterling and a win over Corey Sanhagen in October of 21. Davalashvili is on an eight-fight win streak, biggest fight of his career. His last time out was against Jose Aldo. Jan represents a big step up in competition for Davalashvili, but things getting heated at those weigh-ins and the stare-down. And Piotr Jan says he's open to running it back with Sean O'Malley if he beats Marab this Saturday. Jan is going to headline against Davalashvili, and the Russian, of course, has been really upset about the controversial split decision loss to Sean O'Malley. But he said, quote, I made a decision. If I need to move forward, I need to forget about the past. So I'm just thinking about the future. You always want to finish the fight earlier. You don't want to leave it in the hands of the judges. So my goal is to finish it. By the way, that was my question at the press conference. He said, quote, I think I need to win the fight first, and then we'll see what's next. I think I already beat O'Malley. If I have to do it again, I will do it more convincingly. Of course, Sterling and Henry Cejudo are going to fight in May, UFC 288 in New Jersey. Sugar Sean lined up. But, of course, Piotr Jan's in that mix. Corey Sanhagen and Chito Vera are facing off soon. They're in that mix at 135, a stacked division in the UFC. But Jan and Davalishvili this week, and the technique of Jan, the overall brute strength and wrestling of Davalishvili. But what about that title fight experience of Piotr Jan, the former champion? Two controversial losses in a row. He wants that belt back, thinks he shouldn't have lost either one of them, and he could still be a champ with multiple defenses by now. So we will see if he's been able to focus. He's been mad about the judging. He's been mad about the way his career's gone. He seems angry with a chip on his shoulder. Davalishvili really pissed off, hates Piotr Jan. This is going to be a lot of fun in the main event at UFC Fight Night 221. And don't forget, Volkov and Romanov, two very highly ranked heavyweights, and then the rescheduled former main event from three weeks ago. Krilov and Span, two top 10 light heavyweights at the 215 catchweight. Awesome, awesome fight card. One of the best you'll ever see on a fight night. UFC Fight Night 221, Virgin Hotel in Vegas this weekend. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Moving on with Full Press MMA on your Friday, March 10th, 2023. I'm Jim Grease, G-R-I-E-S, 
at Tim Grease underscore, at Cageside Grease. Hit me up on social media. Let's chop it up a little bit. Give me a follow if you don't mind. I'd love it. I'll return it to you as well as we continue with the news, the notes, the hot topics, and the hot takes you need to be the smartest MMA fan in any room. And if that room just so happens to be a sports book, we got you covered there with the Fight Stack as well, right here on the same place where you are listening to me right now. Anywhere you get your podcast, I break down every single main card fight on every single UFC fight card, as well as give you an odds breakdown on all those fights. And one of them that I was all over was John Jones by murder over Cyril Gaon. I said Jones would finish it inside of three minutes, and he did. And he finished it by submission, looking like the early days of John Bones Jones. When's the last time we saw him fight like that? Attack his opponent, take the back, choke him out very early. It had been a long, long time for John Jones, and the fight didn't last long. But one thing that we saw was a quick tap out from Cyril Gaon, and people were wondering, man, why did he tap out so fast? Well, John Jones explains why, and he says Cyril Gaon tapped out so quickly at UFC 285 because, quote, I could hear his spine popping how about that for coming back after three years out john jones comes back with that dominating win and then he said he hears the spine popping saying quote i locked it up twice the first time i could hear his spine popping i gave him a nice chiropractic adjustment the second time he didn't want that same ratchet on his neck and i put my arm on his neck and choked him out and he continued i didn't expect it to go that quickly but that's what we were looking for the win and domination this isn't a job for me it's my life it's my identity this is who I was intended to be in my mother's womb. It's my purpose and plan. This is my destiny. What an unbelievable quote from John Jones, the GOAT. And pound for pound, number one, no stranger to history-making and defining moments in his career. Think about it, right? The early days of John, when he first became that youngest UFC champion, right? Cleaning out those eras. The first one, the Legends era, right? Shogun is the guy he beat to win the title. Rampage, Rashad, Chael Sonnen, Vitor Belfort. John's running through those guys, right? Then his peers, his contemporaries, the guys in his age group. First, it was Ryan Bader when they were both undefeated. Easy win for Jones. Daniel Cormier, Alexander Gustafson, Glover Teixeira, Ovin St. Pru, you name them. They went down to defeat at the hands of Bones. Then that new generation, Anthony Smith, Tiago Santos, Dominic Reyes, and then he takes three years off and goes up to heavyweight, beats the former interim champ who's only lost one fight in his life, and that was to Francis Ngannou, had beaten former champs and all the top-ranked guys he had fought in Cyril Ghosn, of course, choked out almost immediately by John Bones Jones. And with all those career-defining moments, all that history made, you wonder and you start to think about and throw it back and forth, which ones are the greatest one? Which one is the one that you look at as the best moment for John Jones? Well, his coach, Brandon Gibson, has been there forever with John Jones, and he said to the MMA Hour, quote, I've had some really special moments, but I think I would put this one at the top. The three-year camp, the trials, the tribulations, the belief, the faith, everything we put into each other, it was really special. Greg Jackson has probably cornered 500-plus UFC bouts, and I've probably done 150 with him. That was the most emotional I've seen Greg Jackson get during a fight. It was right when John won. I took a moment sitting on the corner stool and just kind of said a little prayer and gave thanks because it was quite the journey to get there. And I remember turning around, looking back, and seeing Greg just eyes welled up and so much joy and pride in his face. Greg's been in there with GSP and Rashad Evans and Holly Holm and Carlos Condit and Bones, but we've never had a heavyweight champ of the world, so it was something very special for all of us. Brandon Gibson, longtime coach of John Jones, calling this win the best one of his career. But interestingly enough, for John Jones, 
maybe not so much. And this is something you worry about a little bit. And he's had some troubles and with the downtime especially. He says he had an unsatisfying feeling after his UFC 285 title win. Said he wasn't completely fulfilled. Sat on the sidelines for three years. Dominates Cyril Gaon. But he said on Twitter, quote, somewhere inside there was this unsatisfying feeling. When he was asked by a Twitter user if he was angry the fight didn't last longer, he did write that he's glad he left the octagon without any injuries, and now he's positioned to make that title defense against Stipe, probably at International Fight Week in July. Jones going on to say, it was what it was. I'm super grateful. Man, just really, that's some of the stuff that got John in trouble in the past and then led to maybe some of his not training as hard. You want him active, you want him engaged. And if he has that feeling after the fight, maybe being in the gym and getting ready for those opponents is what he needs to stoke those fires and get those feelings back. Because I don't think anybody's going to argue that when he has that fire, John Jones is unbeatable in the octagon and in life he's winning all over the place. Meanwhile, Daniel Cormier still in the news, reactions to John Jones' fight, and he's not sure the heavyweight division will have anything left to offer John Jones if he runs through Stipe Miocic. And Stipe, of course, the former two-time UFC heavyweight champ holds the record for most title defenses in the division at three. Jones has vowed to dominate Stipe. Of course, Stipe was a Division I wrestler as well and a great striker in the heavyweight division. But what DC said is, quote, Jones has an ability on the ground that a lot of heavyweights maybe haven't seen before. Cyril looks shocked. Stipe will not be shocked when he's locked in the octagon with John Jones. But John Jones will not be shocked fighting the greatest heavyweight of all time, at least in most people's opinions. Jones' debut is as good as it gets for him, his team in the UFC, and as I stated, Stipe will be tougher. But let me pose this question to you. Say Jones does what he promises again, dominates Stipe. Then the question becomes, who could challenge him in this division? It's a scary thought. No doubt, scary thought for DC, considering he's retired and won't get a shot at him either way, but that division does not have a lot to offer John Jones, which is why I say he beat Stipe. Francis Ngannou's coming back. They can say what they want about it, Dana and Francis, when the money's right, when the opportunities are right, I believe Francis Ngannou will be back. And as for fighter reactions to John Jones' win over Cyril Gaon, a longtime critic of Jones and a guy who was throwing shots at him, wanting to fight him for a long time, Israel Adesanya, the former middleweight champ, who's got a huge fight coming up to try to get that belt back next month in Miami against Alex Pajera, who's had his number, beat him three times, twice in kickboxing, once in the octagon. But Izzy was very quick to give Bones prop on his YouTube channel after that fight, saying, oh, what the F, watching it in real time. Yo, what did he do? That was so subtle. He might have just used his chest on him or something. Wow, I wanted more, but F, that's impressive. That is impressive. Meanwhile, as far as Jones talking about Izzy, he doesn't really like him all that much. Talked about the rematch against Pajeda, saying, quote, I believe Pajeda's going to win again. There are some athletes that just have other athletes' number. I see he works hard, and I'm rooting for him. I believe he's going to do it again even still is he still happy to give credit to john after ufc 285 and he said quote i did say if gone got it done it would be effing shocking but that the way jones did it easily that was shocking everyone talking about the return of john bones jones the heavyweight champ of the ufc with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com 
This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Moving it along on Full Press MMA, I'm Jim Grease, G-R-I-E-S, at Jim Grease underscore, at Cageside Grease on social media. It's Friday, March 10th, 2023, UFC Fight Night 221 in Vegas this weekend. Check out my previews and odds breakdowns on the Fight Stack right here on the same channel where you get your podcasts. And speaking of keeping things moving, Islam Mahachev said he needs a new challenge, and he reveals his choice for his next UFC title defense. He wants Benil Dariush after his unanimous decision win against Alexander Volkanovsky in his first title defense in February. He was asking who's next right away, and remember, he's already beaten Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, and Charles Oliveira, so Gaethje fights Fazeev coming up in England. Fazeev, if he gets the win there, could be a good opponent for Islam, and after that, if Dariush beats Oliveira, that would be great. Oliveira, of course, says he's going to beat Benil, and then he wants the rematch, and of course, you still have Volkanovsky sitting out there, but Dana White doesn't want to do the rematch right away. As for Islam... He hopes it's Darius. She said, quote, I hope Benil wins because I already beat Oliveira and I need some new challenge. That was in an interview with BT Sport. Also going on to say Darius is going to be a good fight because this guy has good skills, striking skills, wrestling skills, and grappling skills. That's why it's going to be a good fight. Oliveira, if he wants a rematch, if he shows a good performance, maybe he's going to be next. I don't know. Makachev and Darius, of course, previously scheduled a fight at UFC Vegas 49 the ankle injury that Darius suffered forcing him to withdraw there. And of course, Islam accepted that short notice fight against Bobby Green, won by first round TKO to get that championship opportunity. Darius dominated Mateus Gamrot with a unanimous decision win at UFC 280. Of course, a win over Dubronx there, something that Gaethje and Poirier and Chandler were not able to do. Then, of course, the King's MMA product, Dariush, would extend his win streak to nine, which he hopes would be enough to secure a fight with Makhachev again. Oliveira Dariush, UFC 288, May 6th, Newark, New Jersey. And, of course, Islam had the tough weight cut at UFC 284. Dan Hooker called him out, said he got a nurse with the IV. Islam didn't like the way he was treated. In Australia, Hooker, of course, expected some retributions for his role in putting it out there, putting in blast on social media, and he believes he's being punished now for accusing Mahachev of cheating against Alexander Volkanovsky, who, by the way, is his teammate in UFC 284. It's where Hooker accused Mahachev of illegally rehydrating with an IV and then edging out Volkanovsky the next couple of nights. Well, Hooker saying, quote, I've had two or three knocks on my door at 6 a.m. by USADA, blood and piss over the last couple of weeks. You think that's a coincidence? That ain't no coincidence, baby. On the same hand, you think I'm just going to shut up and bite my tongue? Brother, I've almost had 50 knocks at my door, and that's a stranger coming into your house asking you to pull down your pants and stare at your... Mm -mm. You think I'm going to sit silent while other guys are skirting the rules when I got some stranger knocking on my door asking me to pull my pants down? I ain't playing this game. 
Hooker, who's been on a big skid, had that loss to Michael Chandler that elevated Chandler to that title fight, which was Chandler's first fight in the UFC. But Hooker believes the UFC will punish him too as far as opponents. He said, I'm sure they're going to give me tough matchups. Whoop-de-doo. Ask the last 10 blokes I fought. They're all tough matchups. So bring it on. You want to give me tough matchups? Give me tough matchups. That's what I'm here for. I'm not here for easy fights. I'm here for tough fights. I'm not going to blatantly see one of my teammates cheated out of a world title and not say anything. Dan Hooker. Going strong on Islam still. In other fighter news, controversial UFC star Paulo Costa has responded to Dana White's claims that he lied about their negotiations. I don't know if you follow this story much, but it's definitely safe to say things aren't great between Boracina and the UFC right now. The eraser, the middleweight contender, top middleweight contender and former championship contender, was scheduled to fight Robert Whitaker last month in Australia, but it never happened. Costa had come out and suggested it was due to the pay that he was being offered by the UFC. In response, Dana dismissed it. He said, quote, I just had a situation recently, and I'll tell you who it was. It was Paulo Costa. He is an effing lunatic. He acts like a lunatic, and he came out publicly and kind of said what we offered him. It was the furthest effing thing from the truth. It wasn't true, and this was a while ago, and this is the first time I've even talked about it. But it's just an example. See, these guys will say stuff like that because they know I won't talk about it publicly because I really don't give a shit. All these people who come out and say the UFC doesn't pay their fighters, they only pay this percentage of this and that and everything else, we've got a lot of people who sit out, and he recently came out about an offer we made, and it was the furthest thing from the truth. Well, not surprising. Paulo had something to say about this on his social media on Twitter. Paulo tweeting, quote, Whose is looking delusional? At Dana White's penis, tell them, bro. And with that tweet, Paulo photoshopping his head on top of a man's body who's in a famous painting in Dana's office of a couple having sex. And yeah, Paulo put his head on the top where the guy's head is and has it looking back laughing at Dana White. So safe to say things aren't really good between Paulo Costa and Dana White. I don't think Dana cares. Paulo's really playing his hand here. I hope he's got some good cards in there. We've seen some fighters leave the UFC before and not have those greener pastures they thought they were headed to because the grass isn't always greener on the other side. How many more cliches can I throw in? Wrapping it up on your Friday, Full Press MMA, UFC Fight Night 221 this weekend. Jan versus Devalish Philly, Bellator 292 tonight. Benson Henderson looking to break that O, and the O's got to go for Usman Nurmagomedov. If you're a Benson fan and looking to close that career on a title run, it's the first fight for these guys in the Bellator Lightweight Tournament. Going to be a great weekend of mixed martial arts action, and I am pumped to have you here with me every day on Full Press MMA. The news, the notes, the hot topics, the hot takes you need to be the smartest fan in any room. And if that room happens to be a sports book, then we got the fight stack for you right here on this channel, wherever you get your podcast. We break down every main card fight on every UFC fight card, fight preview, odds breakdown on the fight stack. And one guy's fight we haven't broken down in a long time is Francis Ngannou, the former UFC heavyweight champion who dropped the belt in the octagon and walked away from the promotion. They let him go this year with that contract negotiation not going the way that Francis wanted it to go. He took his belt and he went home. And now he's seen John Jones claim that belt and Francis Ngannou going more and more toward boxing. In an interview with Brett Okamoto of ESPN, the former UFC heavyweight champ, says he has, quote, made amends 
with his split from the promotion earlier this year and is focused on booking his pro boxing debut in 2023. He's 36 years old, pretty much was stripped of the heavyweight title when he left in January, looked at that vacant title and then the fight between Jones and Gon, the first round sub win, really easy win for John Jones. But Nganu, who's 17-3, and said he's not upset at all to see the division move on without him. He's acknowledged that a fight against Jones will probably never happen because of the issues he has with the company's contracts. And he's at peace with that, but he did, in his view, everything he could to make that fight happen, saying, quote, for three years I tried to fight John Jones. I did everything to have that fight. I wanted that fight, but not at any cost. There is not a fight on earth I would back down from. I would go there and whatever happens, happens. It's the sport. John Jones is not the guy. He might be the best fighter ever, but he's not the guy I'm running away from. Nah, not him. I would fight John Jones twice a month. Meanwhile, Francis hasn't fought anyone since January of 2022, and according to him, talks are underway regarding his pro boxing debut. Although he has no boxing experience, he wants to jump right into a blockbuster event against a marquee opponent. He expects to fight Tyson Fury, who has called him out to do kind of a mixed rules thing in a cage with different gloves. Deontay Wilder, who's called him out to do a back and forth, one boxing match, and then one MMA fight. And Anthony Johnson and Ganu saying, quote, my next step has to be boxing. I want to do one boxing match first and then maybe go back to MMA because I still enjoy MMA. I want to do a couple of fights in boxing. We are working on some stuff, and hopefully in a month or two, I will be able to come out with an announcement on potential fight dates and locations. It's taking a little longer than I expected, but it's coming along. Big things come with time. I'm considering everybody as an opponent. I talked to Eddie Hearn about Anthony Joshua. I don't know what's going to happen. The most that we have spoken with is Deontay Wilder's team. We've been having some exchanges, basically coming to some sort of verbal agreement. As far as MMA, Francis talked about PFL, one championship, and to a lesser extent, Bellator. Remember, Francis originally from Cameroon. He wants to compete in MMA or boxing in Africa, Next year will be the 50th anniversary of the Rumble in the Jungle between Ali and Foreman. And of course, Francis wants to be the next guy to do one big time fight over there in Africa. Says, quote, I always wanted to have an event in Africa to fight at home, but also to give my people a show, an opportunity to see all those big events and give a gift to the kids who believe in this sport and let them know that anything is possible. I'm still working to bring something to Africa and I will do that. That's my personal mission. I hope Francis can make that happen. It would be huge over there, but it doesn't sound like it's going to happen with Bellator and Showtime. Scott Coker, Bellator's president, had been very excited about the negotiations with Francis just as recently as a couple of weeks ago because he felt like, hey, Steven Espinosa on the boxing side, him on the MMA side, they can do both with Francis Ngannou, but... But here's the thing. He said, quote, we have the same parent company as Showtime Pay-Per-View Boxing. So if you want to come here and have a home in MMA and you'd also have a home in Showtime Pay-Per-View Boxing, it will be like a one-stop shop and you don't have to juggle around different leagues. But now, Coker's singing a different tune. MMA media in attendance leading up to Bellator 292 and Coker sounding less optimistic about Francis Ngannou fighting under the Bellator banner saying, quote, my guys have been talking to Francis. I know they've met Steven Espinosa, Showtime Sports President, met with him on the boxing side. I've always said it'd be a perfect fit for him because he could do boxing, he could do MMA, but I don't think that there's anything close to a deal being presented back and forth. So let's see what happens. Anything can happen, but I'm not sure we're going to be in that business on the MMA side. Maybe on the boxing side, it might work out. To me, it's like it has to be equitable for everybody, and that's how I feel. We have a pretty robust purse amount every year, and we can spread that around. We can take a lot of that purse and pay our guys and sign other fighters and keep building divisions, right? So to me, I'd say it's 50-50 at this point. And what Coker's basically saying there is that Ngannou is too expensive, and Ngannou looking for about $30 million a fight right now, and that's really 
almost unreasonable at this point for a guy like Francis. And, you know, I mean, that's why that special rules fight with Tyson Fury might be the best option for him here because he's not a real boxer. He's going to get crushed by a heavyweight contender or champion. He's got to get that money now. I think the Fury fight's the best deal for him. And I don't know, man, if Fury fights Usyk and then you don't have... Joshua, no one cares about that anyway. Maybe it's the back and forth with Wilder with the power that the two have that could make him some money. But Francis walking that edge, playing a very, very dangerous game right now with his future at 36 years old. And I believe the best option for Francis is that Tyson Fury offer. Think about that, right? It's almost like a carnival fight, but it's the best heavyweight on the planet in boxing against a guy who thinks he's the best heavyweight on the planet in MMA, Francis Ngannou, of course, being challenged by Tyson Fury to fight in a cage with the smaller gloves, but the Queensberry rules of boxing. So it'd be a boxing match in a cage with smaller gloves, and I believe it would be a huge pay-per-view draw with those two guys going in there looking to take one another's heads off. And I don't think Ngannou really wants to make a title push in boxing anyway. But Tyson Fury, the retirement, the comeback, and now, of course, that potential fight against Alexander Usyk. And Fury is the WBC World Heavyweight Champ and the Lineal Champ, while Usyk has the IBF, WBA, and WBO belts. And the two of them would love to unify at the top of the heavyweight division, or would they? Fury gave Usyk an ultimatum to accept a 70-30 split purse, and those terms, Usyk and his team don't think they're fair. Fury also added that he would subtract 1% from that initial deal for every day he takes to agree to the deal. Only a few hours later, the Ukraine champ agreed by posting his own video, but he also has terms of his own. Unless Tyson Fury doesn't have a heart, Alexander Usyk's request seems completely reasonable. At this point, the only reason Fury wouldn't agree is if he is actually scared to fight Usyk. So Fury put the video out. He wanted the 70-30 per split, among other things. And of course, that fight, undisputed championship fight, would be April 29th at Wembley Stadium. And he said, so long as, quote, Greedy Belly donates one million to Ukraine. And of course, Usyk is the Ukrainian fighter. If Fury agrees to fight him for that money, Usyk's asking Tyson to pay one million to aid the Ukrainian people. He said, hey, Greedy Belly, I accept your off of a 70-30 split to fight on April 29th at Wembley, but you will promise to donate a million to the people of Ukraine immediately after the fight, and for every day you delay, you will pay 1% of your purse to the Ukrainian people. Deal? No response from Tyson Fury, but if the response is a good one and they're ready to fight, no Tyson Fury for Francis Ngannou. And as the options shrink, what happens? The payday shrinks too. A little bit more boxing for you. You saw Gervonta Davis and Ryan Garcia getting physical at their stare down at the press conference yesterday and Garcia telling the media, I'm willing to risk my soul for this. I'm ready to risk my life. One thing I can definitely guarantee him, it won't be easy. If he thinks he's just going to come in and throw a couple of punches, I'm going to fold. He's got another thing coming for him. He doesn't understand this type of hunger, this type of fire. This is not normal. I'm ready to destroy him. Meanwhile, Davis countering, this fight is definitely going to be tough, but this is what we came to do. We want the big fights. I've been boxing since I was seven. I fought a lot coming up. I'm just happy to be a part of this moment and share the ring with a young fighter like Ryan Garcia, who's daring himself to be great. He talked his way into this fight. April 22nd, he's going to have to show it. And he's already shown it, by the way, I'm going to point out, by making so many concessions in the negotiations for this fight that he wanted most of all. Garcia giving Tank a one-sided rematch clause that only Davis can exercise if Garcia upsets him April 22nd at T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. He also agreed to face the powerful Southpaw at a contracted catchweight of 136, despite that the fact that Garcia fought at the junior welterweight limit of 140 in his last appearance. But he's 24 years old, 
and he's got the world in front of him. He also has to stick to a rehydration clause that will prohibit him from weighing more than 146 when he enters the ring for the Showtime pay-per-view main event. From his perspective, he feels like he said yes to virtually every request because he wanted this career-defining fight so badly. The popular polarizing Garcia also knew that the sport needed this fight at a time when some marketable bouts between elite-level fighters have failed to materialize. Good job on you, Ryan Garcia. Can't wait to see Garcia and Davis, 23-0 versus 28-0, 19 KOs versus 26, and someone's O has got to go. Finally, happy birthday to maybe the greatest legend in the history of combat sports. When you're talking about a guy who has inspired just about every fighter who's ever done it as a mixed martial artist, as any kind of a martial artist, you think about Steven Seagal, you think about Jean-Claude Van Damme, you think about Jackie Chan, you think about Bruce Lee, but who... I ask you, can top the man himself, Chuck Norris, baby, born in 1940, 83 years old. March 10th, 1940, Chuck Norris entered this world, and what a life it's been for Chuck Norris, man, the movie star. Chuck Norris, 83 years old today. That's all there is, fight fans. There is no more Full Press MMA on your Friday, March 10th, 2023. I'm Jim Grease, G-R-I-E-S at Jim Grease underscore, at Cage Side Grease on social media. Hope you enjoyed the news, the notes, the hot topics, and my hot takes that you need to be the smartest fan in the room, talking about the UFC and MMA, boxing, combat sports. And of course, if that room happens to be a sports book, we got you covered on the Fight Stack right here where you're listening to Full Press MMA. Any place you get your podcast, I break down and give you the odds preview for every single main card fight on every single UFC fight card. It's full press MMA. It's the stack. I'm Grease. The takeover is going full speed ahead, baby. And we're not stopping till we're number one. Thank you so much for being here, fight fans. I appreciate you. Hope you have an awesome weekend with Bellator 292 and UFC Fight Night 221. Until next time, fight fans, I'm Grease reminding you to keep your game tight and your mind right, baby. I'm out. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.